Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's your boy, Souls of the Jabba Tears Podcast. And this is another episode of Coffee Talk with Friends. And the friend that I have on is a star, is a reckless star, a pegging star. It is Dizzy, formerly of the Dead Ass Girls. No symbol, just formerly no of the Dead Ass Girls. All Welcome right, yeah. to another episode of, talk, of Coffee Talk with Friends. What up, Jizzy? Wilkes, thank you for having me on here, all right? And uh, for y'all who are missing the podcast, in case you don't really know why they call me Jizzy, it's because I stay fly, till I die. Damn, it's been a while since I've done that. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm so excited. This is a first uh i guess podcast um appearance i've done since the end of dead as girls pod now i was thinking of some people to have one because i'm getting because i'm starting i just started a new season and i was like yo wow jizzy <laughs> so i texted you you're like yeah i was like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. right and we set it up and everything thank you for coming on yo wrestling is back yep. wrestling is back in front of fans um, first things first, SummerSlam happened this past couple, the past couple of days ago. What did you think about that? Tell me about that. Your thoughts. Um, you know what? It wasn't terrible. Like it wasn't their worst pay-per-view. It wasn't the best. It was decent. Um, I'm going to be honest. There's one thing that made it completely shit, which was the. The whole Becky Lynch thing. Other than that, it was fine. You know, I, I, I got to kick it with my friends. We got to watch it. And, uh, yeah, it was all right. So why do you think the Becky Lynch thing was bad? So, I, okay, first things first. Kudos to Becky Lynch for coming back. Body snatched. She lost a, a whole ton of weight, actually. She looks way thinner than she was before the baby. Um, and you know that it's great to see her back. And I know that, you know, she had a crazy pop at SummerSlam. So kudos to her. But they did not have to do that to Bianca. And the reason why is because a lot of times when a fan rallies behind a performer, it does happen organically. Like the pop happens organically. Case in point, Kofi Mania. Like that came from the fans and that shit grew organically because people wanted to see him thrive. We see him thrive for the one night, and then you shaft us by having him, you know, de- be defeated by Brock in, like, six fucking seconds. So it, it kind of left a bad taste in our mouth, in my mouth anyways, because with Bianca, it's like she was already kind of disrespected at NXT. They kept saying she was green, which she was, and she never really got to chase gold in NXT. She moves up during the beginning of the pandemic um, with – her husband, um, and his tag team. And then, you know, you didn't really see her in ring until maybe the last couple months or so. I would say maybe the last nine, ten months. And then, you know, she's picking up steam, especially hot after a an important feud with Sasha. You know, because I always had the theory that Sasha could not have good feuds unless it was only with Bailey. And then Bianca came and proved me wrong. And I'm like, okay, Sasha could have a bomb feud with Bianca. But then, you know, you have Becky Lynch come back during a pay-per-view, and then you have her win 
the title in the most disrespectful fashion. It was just like, you know, I think that this could have been a feud that would have worked had they reworked it. You know, they could have had Bianca win it or, you know, retain it. And then that could have added fire to the feud. Like Becky is like, oh, well, I came back, blah, blah, blah. You're just a newcomer. Like it could have happened in a better way. And I, I don't know what the reason is. I know a lot of people were showing hate for Becky. I'm like, listen, I don't think this is really in her hands, all right? I can't say that I hate Becky because I know someone else wrote this shit for her. But I will say that um, a lot of POC wrestlers, they just don't begin the same love. What, what do you mean by that? You know, um, recently, I'm pretty sure you've seen wrestling Twitter, you know, a lot of people are talking about um, black and POC wrestlers who, you know, they don't really get the love. And Brandy, <laughs> Brandy Rhodes put up a tweet saying that, oh, y'all don't fuck with black wrestlers unless they have the title. And it's just like, you know, the reason why that tweet was tone deaf was because there are plenty of times that people rally behind black and POC wrestlers even without the title, just for them to have a decent fucking match. And when we do finally get them up there, when we finally get them to a level where they're being recognized by a wider audience, it's easily ripped away from us with a a more palatable wrestler, a.k.a. a white wrestler. Um, I'm not saying that every black or person of color wrestler is amazing, obviously, we just want the same level, you know, like if we have great white wrestlers, I want a great black wrestler. If we have mediocre white wrestlers, motherfucker, I want a mediocre black wrestler too. Like I'm not saying that, yo, we're, you know, we're excellent. We're, we're the best. No, I just want an even playing field. Um, but every time we ask for an even playing field, they be like, here, have it. There you go. Boom. They got a title. Are you fucking happy now? And it doesn't feel genuine. It just feels like they just threw it at us so that they can take our money. You know, like the the wrestling fan is changing. You know, it's not it's not just that middle aged white man from the Midwest. It's like it's a Latina from the Bronx, or it's a black kid from Florida, or it's a trans kid from Wisconsin, or whatever. Like there are so many marginalized communities that identify with wrestling, and if they were being smart about it, not only would they try to choose someone who is representative of those communities, but they would do it with respect. I don't want you to be like, oh, y'all want a gay wrestler? Here you go. Boom. Pride event. All right. Wave your little flag. All right. Get the fuck out of here. Like, you know, like, I don't want that. I want it to be organic. And um, WWE and a lot of wrestling promotions, they have a long, long journey ahead of them to fix that. Uh, that, that, that was deep, man. I, I felt that in the, in the soul. I felt real Malcolm X, real Fidel Castro right now. And, you, know, you saw the Kofi come on out of nowhere? The Kofi came up out of nowhere and, and the eyes lit up and I was like, ooh, it's woke time. It's like woke time. Alexa, play exhibit C. <laughs> um, you're an Afro-Latina and um, I want your thoughts on something. Oh, what do you think? Just, just your thoughts. What are your thoughts when it comes to Latinas in professional wrestling? Because it's deep. Because I've heard many things from different sides. Mm. I'm black, 
So from my point of view, my optics, I feel wrestling is deep rooted in, in the Latino community. Mm. It's very strong, especially in the Mexican community. It's 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 such a part of life. Right. Like motherfuckers will pay eighty dollars, fifty dollars for a ticket. <laughs> To a show in a hot ass gymnasium in the Bronx. That ass, yo. <laughs> and yo, shout out to my Saint, uh, my Saint Michael's, the that Catholic school that be having wrestling shows in the basement. <laughs> yeah, like my boy, shout out to Vince Steele. He like wrestles at some of these shows, and they be having like luchadors and everything. They be having like little people as luchadors, and people are dropping like fifty to eighty cash. I'm talking about a family of six. Yep. Dropping this type of bread on this. And it's so rooted. But then I do hear um, my um, Hispanic brothers and sisters talk about that they're not represented enough in professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to hear your take on that. Um, And that's actually a great question. And as you said, you know, uh, wrestling or luchadores, uh, with lucha or lucha libre, Res, um, translates to wrestling in Spanish. Ooh, I didn't know that. I know that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, um, the word luchar means to fight, right? It, so when people say, you know, Spanish one on one people, right? Yo, Spanish, yo, yo, Jizzy is dropping the knowledge right here, right? So when so, someone say estoy luchando, you know, it's like I'm fighting. So people a lot of um, Hispanic or Latinx, they identify with wrestling because um, it has poor roots. Like wrestling was not seen as, as like this big thing as WWE is now. Wrestling was literally how you and I see Uber now. You know, it was like one of those low level jobs that if you were athletic enough and you were talented enough, you did it, you made a couple dollars, you went home. Um, now it's and it's a very respected sport because of its humble upbringings. That being said, with the you know, um, especially in the seventies and eighties when wrestling hit Puerto Rico and a lot of those Caribbean countries, again the respect for wrestling came about because you know they were wrestling in like platano fields and they were wrestling on top of somebody's roof or on um, fucking Uncle Juan's and she's like, yo, take out the water. We're going to wrestle right here. <laughs> so um, a lot of people kind of saw that as a way to bring your family together, bring the barrio together, etc. The issue with wrestling now as a corporate entity is that it's not always going to be fully representative because you're only going to get people who are palatable to your main market. Even though the wrestling fan is changing, the main market is still a white dude from fucking Minnesota. They may not understand when they see, you know, an Afro-Latina, like a Dominican walking up there with hella ass, you know, doing flips. They may not understand an indigenous looking Mexican wrestler coming out, you know, wrestling in, in the traditional style. Like they may not understand it. So they tend to gravitate towards those who they look, they're ethnic. But they're still palatable to the white audience. Um, it is changing. I mean, there's a lot of great indie wrestlers out there who are changing the scene, and it's great to see. I mean, of course, we have our own representation with Damian Priest, and we had it with um, 
Mercedes Martinez, and of course, with a lot of the Mexican wrestlers who who paved the way for them to go in there, we see it, but we still have a long way to go. Like, I, I want to see like a dark skinned Latina on there. You know, I would love I would love to see like an indigenous Latina. I would love to see maybe you know someone who is of Latin X or Hispanic origin who may just not look typical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be a while because people need to understand that there's it's such a deep-rooted issue it's not only just the way you look it's texturism it's colorism it's racism it's homophobia it's a lot of isms that surround representation as much as we all want to say yeah i want to see a black wrestler i want to see a hispanic wrestler i want to see an asian wrestler you still ostracizing them when they check into another box you know like what do you mean by that well look at naomi you know naomi is a notable dark-skinned beautiful black female wrestler she does not get the same level of love as sasha banks i love sasha i love making um fun of her i also love doing her the impersonating her voice but sasha benefits from her being of lighter tone and people you know people will see that like oh well i mean she's not really black though because people think one way like people still think stereotypes so they look at naomi they think oh well she's you know she's she's dark oh so she must be ghetto oh she must be this she must be that it's like it's no like being being your race or being your ethnicity is not a monolith okay just because sasha's a fucking star wars nerd who's light-skinned doesn't make her any black than naomi who'll be eating the gristle off of the chicken wings you know what i mean like that shit tastes good though <laughs> not sure i don't do that you don't do that you're, you're not Dominican, B. You're not Dominican. You're, you're not for the culture. How you not get the culture off the board? My mom be eating that. She be like, she be I, using the chicken bone as a toothpick. I'm like, that's fucking nasty, bro. No, I be, I be <laughs> sucking that shit out, boy. Put that. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the strength. My mom said it's the, Him. it's the power. Listen, she lied to you, all right? Your mom lied to you. <laughs> She lied to you so that she made sure that you cleared your plate. <laughs> boy, boy, I'll be so ignorant with the with, with the bone, man. <laughs> Sucking the gristle out, but yeah, you 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 raised the you raised the great point when it came to that. Um, it, it, it's but I feel I feel we're at a, a weird time because I the reason why I brought up was because um, what's his name, the the mass one that that's no longer with WWE. He was a Lucha House House Party. Oh, um, uh, damn, I forgot. You know who I'm talking about. He, 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 they changed him like five times. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. So he had mentioned it. He was just like, yo, Latino wrestlers are are being overlooked, and the black wrestlers are are united, and they're doing something. Ever since Black Lives Matter came along, you see them all on blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, damn, bro, this ain't it. The same it, and and then I, 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 you know, my Facebook group, the Java Tears Facebook group. This is is a pretty is one dude. I love him to death. Shout out to Sal. He's very outspoken. He's just like, yo, Latino wrestlers are not represented, and people can talk about, yeah, we had Eddie Guerrero and and Albert Del Rio, but what what else do we have? 
And I was like, you might be right, my nigga. You might be right. I don't know if it's that they're not represented. It's just that they're not represented well enough. And when I say that is that we get the same thing. It's like, hey, let's get another wrestler who resembles Eddie, maybe the same physique, maybe with the Spanish accent, maybe they have the lucha background, and that could be Eddie number 45. That could be Eddie number 46, Eddie number 47, et cetera, et cetera. The issue is, is that, and I'm going to say this about the Hispanic community, is that we've gotten way too comfortable with letting the black community speak for us. Well, we not even speaking up for ourselves. First mm. of all, you don't need to shit on one community to big up the other, all right? If you're saying that the Hispanic or Latinx um, wrestlers are not being looked at, say that. You don't need to add another thing into that to, to bring down, because I'm going to tell you right now that I'm pretty sure the hatred and the level of vitriol that a black wrestler especially a dark-skinned black wrestler faces is not going to be the same as an andrade or a umberto carillo like it's not going to be in the same level yeah, you, really... your arms real well. <laughs> you know like they it's not going to be the same okay what they're going to call you you know the s word and what they're going to fucking tell you to get your green card and all oh, speak english and that listen it's hurtful. It sucks. I guarantee you, it is not as bad as being called boy or being made fun of or, you know, being called a slave or being called an N-word. Like, we cannot be comparing oppressions. It's all bad. But we need to fix our own community and we cannot be looking at the others, you know, like. The, I saw that and I, I felt bad. I felt sad because it's like there is so much colorism and anti-black sentiment in the Hispanic Latin community. That alone makes it why we don't have the representation because we have the same fucking looking wrestlers because y'all are okay with it. Okay. I'm pretty sure right now. If we had a wrestler that looks like Sir Wilkins and he said, yo, I'm Panamanian, they're going to be like, no, you're not. You're black. Well, like, I'm like, I could be both. But they're to like, speak nope. on that, because <laughs> um, I had to throw this out there, Bobby Lashley is actually Hispanic. Yeah. He's yeah. Panamanian. He's, yeah, he is Panamanian. But no, they're not going to address that because of the anti-black sentiment. They're going to be like, no, you're just black. Uh, 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 I don't want to hear. I might, that. I, I might tweet that out tomorrow. Just okay. to say, I just feel like so. Is it, does a lot of community accept Bobby Lashley as part of their community, or, or, or we're not going to do that because he's right? Black. Is he invited to the baby shower? Is he getting the big play with Benil with the Russian potato salad? So, <laughs> yo, speaking of Spanish parties, I went to one on Sunday. I I knew it was a Spanish party because you said Sunday. Like, motherfuckers got work on Monday, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, she, cause she, uh, it was my homeboy's girlfriend's, like, it's had nothing to do with wrestling right now, but I feel like I had to talk about nah, it. No, you're good, you know. And, it's a coffee talk. We talking about it, shit, you know? Yeah, it, it was like, it was Sunday, and it was like a boat ride. And I was like, yo, oh. this is great, but I have work the next day. <laughs> and then, like, I feel Caribbean <laughs> people in general are all the same, cause, like, there's always an after party. Mm -hmm. 
So the boat rides over. It ends at like five. And I was like, all right, we're all going to go home. Nah, nah. We're going to hop. We're all going to hop in the whip. We're going to head to the spot uptown in, in the Heights. Oh, oh. Nah. Listen. Oh. If you're ending up in the Heights on a Sunday, that's it. RIP. Call out for Monday. I was like, damn. And then I don't usually drink. <laughs> but, you know, I had a bu- two glasses of sangria, like about this big. Mm-hmm. Hennessy, tequila. Oh yeah. no, you were mixing? Oh I was no, mixing. buddy. I was mixing. But Mm-mm-mm. speaking about being mixy, CM Punk has returned uh, to AEW. Yeah. Now, over the years I have listened to your podcast. <laughs> Maybe two years, whatever you how long or how however long you've been around. Three and a half years. Three yeah. and a half years. I listened to it. <laughs> and me and you share the same sentiments, if I'm saying it right, about yeah. CM Punk. So what are your thoughts with CM Punk returning to, to rest? Um, is this live? Like, how many people are watching this? It's only like one person watching. We're on Twitch. My Twitch right. is strong. So you oh, good. All right, yo, shout out to that one viewer, though. Like, good looks. Anyways, we might lose him, though, we're about to say. <laughs> so uh, I don't personally really give a fuck about Sam Punk coming back. I think he should have stayed his ass retired. Why? I'll say this. One, he's too fucking old. Like, I think after 45, sit down. We don't need you. You can do other things. Two, it's the it's the jealousy, right? And the way that he handled leaving WWE that I have a problem with to this day. The reason why so many people fuck with CM Punk is because deep down inside, it's the same way as people who think that the Joker was a good movie. Deep down inside, they identify with that whole anti-establishment, anti-corporate, oh, I'm I'm different, you know, I'm rebel against the... Bro, how are you going to be against the man when you are the man? My dude, you a white man. You are at the top of the power structure. You telling me, oh, fuck WWE, oh, fuck wrestling, come, bro, what? You are the establishment. I should be anti you. And the only reason you type is because you were not the man. You did not get the opportunity that John Cena has, that Roman has, that The Rock has. You were jealous. And that he was drinking the haterade so much. He was thriving in the hateration that he let that shit fuel his his fucking um career outside of wrestling i'm gonna tell you right now the difference between him and ryback was that people didn't give a fuck about ryback in wrestling so they still don't give a fuck about him now cm punk is literally just a more palatable ryback because he still beats shit talking he be dropping little gems here and there he be doing little things that people eat that shit up. Meanwhile, I'm like, dude, he's chasing a bag because he thinks he deserves it. And you know what? That's not to say that he doesn't have skills. He had skills and he was great in the mic, but he did not have it, that factor that makes you the WWE face. And he's chasing that in AEW. And he's about to be into a rude awakening when he realizes that you got one ego, Cody Rhodes, against another ego, CM Punk. I would not be surprised 
if later down the line we find out that CM Punk left AEW, starts shit talking AEW, does the whole thing all over again. Oof, that's a hot take, baby. It's a hot take. And I said it um on Twitter and then I got my account fucking banned. So fuck y'all. You serious? Yeah, I said some hot shit about CM Punk. I was suspended for like seven days. I was about to cut this up and, and, and put it on Twitter, but I don't know if I'm going to do that now. No, no, go ahead. I don't give a fuck, actually. Fuck everybody. I just want to get suspended because did I ever tell you? So, speaking of marks, no no stands. Oh, God. Two times I got eaten up by stands. So, we did one episode we did, it was a while ago. We did an episode and we spoke about Alicia Fox. Mm-hmm. All we said, we compared Alicia Fox to, to X-Pac. Oh, I remember that episode. I was watching it live. Yeah. And... First of all, I didn't even know Alicia Fox had stands, so that's that's nah, it got she got some stands. So this is when I knew. Remember, we were speaking about in pre-production about how if SoundCloud numbers are real, whatever. Yep. That was the highest listened episode <laughs> of one one of the highest listened episodes of this year. Nice. And I remember. We were getting DMs. People were on Twitter. One person screenshotted the job of Cheers page and said, "Make sure this and put it on on their on their like story." Was like, "Yo, make sure this page gets shut down." What? <laughs> this and then they said they called my my brother. This Apollo Cruz looking motherfucker talking shit about Alicia. Oh, nah, shut up. Now, Mister Black. <laughs> And then they came at me too. And then the thing is, we didn't say nothing rude about her. We said, yo, she's dope. Um, does she belong in the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. Maybe she does. We don't know. It was never anything rude and disrespectful about her. Mm-hmm. That was the second time. The first time, I don't know if you remember when Kira Hogan was beefing with Sasha on Twitter. Yeah. She did a whole live and everything. Now, all I said was, if I remember correctly, was, yo, it really sucks that the fans are pitting Sasha Banks and Kiara Hogan to, against each other. Mm. It's really bad because it's two black women, whatever. Right. Bruh, they lit me up in the mentions and the quote and the quote retweets. Lit me up all I Sasha wish you would, I wish you had added me because I love cyberbullying, to be honest. So And I was just like, I left it on because it got some good engagement. And I was just like <laughs> and nobody said anything like disrespectful. Like because mm-hmm. it's gonna sound arrogant. What are you gonna say about me? I'm bald, right. I'm black, like what are you gonna say? Like <laughs> the thing about stands and marks, because I've had a few, you know, I've I've had to battle a few and then I've taken it too far and then they'd be like, Oh, okay, you gotta chill and I'm like, nah. Like you go low, I go to the earth's mantle. Like I'm finishing this shit. Like I'm catching a body online. I don't give a fuck. All right. I don't care. You got a dead grandma in your bio, guess what? She's being used. Guess what? And the thing is you sometimes gotta do that. You sometimes you gotta, gotta do that. I'm like, yo, listen. There's no such thing as fighting fair. You come into a, a, a fist fight, I'm spraying my hands with pepper spray ahead of time. 
But when I smack your ass, you be like, ah, oh, stop. Like, see, I don't give a fuck. Um, the thing about marks and stands and all all these things is that people are so deluded in their beliefs that they never open the opportunity to listen to the other side. And that's the mm-hmm. issue. Because those are the same people who be like, oh, you know, we shall be friends, we shall be nice together. But you say some shit about their favorite performer or their favorite musician or whatever, all of a sudden, they forgot what nice meant. They forgot what cyberbullying was. Because now they're spitting that vitriol to you. I wish that people understood that you can like or love a performer and still criticize them at the same Mm. time, you know? We cannot be holding these people to these fucking pedestals where they're infallible. They're not. They're going to do bad things. They're going to do good things. Like You have to pick and choose what good is worthwhile and what bad is not. Um, Alicia Fox, listen, she's had some decent, she had a decent basic moveset. And I will say that her Northern Life suplex was my absolute favorite that anybody has ever fucking done. She did that shit clean. But Homegirl used to show up to the ring with the shake and go Dollar Tree wigs. And Homegirl used to show up to the ring sloshed as fuck. And I'm sorry, but I'm not about to be supporting somebody who clearly has a substance issue, one. And two, it wasn't engaging enough for me to really rally behind her. Like, the whole crazy girl personality, it just doesn't work in the long term. Like, it works for a little bit. It's not a long-term gimmick. Um, maybe if she had people behind her who rallied against her and were in her corner emotionally, and maybe if they wrote her better storylines, maybe she'd still be here today. But, um, again, you cannot be sucking your wrestlers like this because guess what? When they do something bad, you're going to look dumb as shit for defending them. I will admit, um, I I got ate up because I had said, I said that Alexa Bliss is fucking mid. And, and I said this over and over again. But for some weird reason, this particular tweet really blew up. And I had, like, I was ratioed out the ass. Well, like, oh, you're just jealous because you don't look like Alexa Bliss. Like, oh, Alexa Bliss is the greatest female wrestler. I'm like, no, she's not. She's blonde wrestler number 82. Her moveset is mid. She doesn't know how to take a bump for her fucking life. And she does the least. I'll give her kudos for, you know, showing up, making her bread, and leaving without a scratch. You know, that's a nice little grift. But you're not about to sit here and tell me that she's an amazing wrestler. When we got Bianca Belair, when we got Sasha, when we got Charlotte on a good day, when we got, you know, Bailey, when we have Nikki, um, or what's her name now? Nikki Ash, whatever. Nikki, when she was an insanity. I don't know about this new gimmick. Like, we have so many other quality female wrestlers. Why are you actually standing them? That's actually my question. Why do we pick and choose who we stand? Is it because you secretly want to fuck them? Like, don't get me wrong. I want to fuck Roman Reigns. But even I know Roman's a dumbass sometimes. Roman was catching the hands from Braun left and right. That man caught that office max chair to the fucking dome. And I 
And I fucking cracked on him. I'm like, yo, I'm not, I'm not about to be writing for somebody when I know that they're not always gonna be putting out bangers. Like I fucks with Charlotte. Even I could tell you, Charlotte has had many sloppy matches before. Yeah, I got fuck, I fuck with Nia hard though. Nia's Nia. I already know how I feel about Nia. I already know how I feel Let about Nia. Let me talk about your your fucking wifey. Your wifey was walling the fuck out last night. So let's talk about that. Actually, we got we still got some time before nine thirty because I got another one at nine thirty. So let's let's talk about it. So people, so everybody who's watching, the other day on Raw, Nia and Charlotte went from a wrestling match to a cat fight. Yo, in the middle of the ring, live on Raw. They, so Disney, let's they talk. They were both. Them bitches were fighting like they were at Rikers. Okay, <laughs> like it was lunchtime. You know, one of the guards was like, oh, y'all got an extra five minutes, if you know what I mean. And they just fucking scrapped. That shit. Listen, if something happened, I don't know if maybe Charlotte cut Nia off in traffic. Maybe Charlotte took the last slice of ham and the catering. Maybe Nia just, you know, wasn't feeling it. Maybe Nia was having a rough day, but... Some that match, like one, so she took a, a um. It was early on actually in the match. Charlotte took a blow to the face, and it knocked her because like she fell and she had that look in her eyes, like that dazed look. And I think that she was trying to communicate something to Naya and the ref, but Naya was not picking up on it, and she kept doing it. And I think Charlotte got pissed. Just from the body language, she was like, yo, what the fuck is happening? Um, it, I will say it's refreshing to see women do it. Because when dudes got when dudes do it, like we be hyped, like, oh shit, yo, they got real beef. They fucking hate each other. But when women do it, they're you know, we're like, oh no, they're dainty, no, they're so unsafe. Oh my god, they're gonna be hurt. Fuck them. They're fucking wrestlers, so let them fucking do it. Was it weird? Yeah, it was a little weird. Was it kind of fucked up? Sure. Was it entertaining? It was. It was for sure entertaining. I had watched it because I was at work, and I was on my way home, and I, my um my phone wasn't working to, to, to pick up on USA. So, anyways, I heard about it solo all over my timeline, and I was like, "Yo, this is crazy." Mm -hmm. So then this morning, I actually watched it. Watched it. So I'm watching the thing. I was like, "This is a shitty match." There's no yeah. chemistry. This is sloppy as fuck. Yep. But this is a fight. Yep. And I don't know exactly where it was, but it might have been what you were saying. But something happened in that match where somebody was just like, oh, this is what we're doing? Yeah. Oh, okay. And the part that had me was when, because nobody talks about it. People talk about the two-piece that Nia gave Charlotte. Charlotte smacked the shit out of Nia. Yeah, she did. Now, she really, she had that real housewives of Charlotte smack to her face. Yeah. And they were mushing each other in the face. And I'm like, this is how I know this is not wrestling. Because you don't be mushing people like that unless you're scrapping with somebody in real life. Yeah. Me who has scrapped a few times, when you're mushing a bitch in her face, it's because you truly despise her. 
Yeah, and I was just like, yo, where is this coming from? The ref was also very confused because he wanted to intervene, but I don't think he understood how to intervene. Nah, and those are some big chicks. Yep. Naya, Naya is big, and also, like, fuck what you heard, like, Charlotte's a big girl. Like, she's tall, she's muscular. Yeah, she's slim, but she ain't small. Right. (laughs) So, so, and I'm watching it. I'm just like, yo, this is everything. Because I had spoke about it on the podcast the week before. I was like, a lot of people don't respect men's, women's wrestling. But this shows, like, how gritty women get, too. Like, yo, a word, here's my receipt. Not take that. Right. Take that. Take that. I will say though, is it it sucks what's gonna happen because I know that there's gonna be repercussions for it, and I know that Naya doesn't truly give a fuck because we all know she got her she got her cousin Dwayne in her back pocket, and we all know that all she gotta do is send him a quick "Hey you up" text, and he'd be like, "Yo, I'm on there. Like, let me let me do some shit. Let me have my people call their people." And I know I know Charlotte. About to be like, oh, word? Listen, my man's is at AEW. I could go with him real quick. I don't give a fuck about this wrestling shit. And I feel like they're going to get away with it just because of how much power they have. But I know that it's going to trickle down. Because WWE has this habit of trickle-down repercussions where if the top people do something that they don't agree with, they find a way to punish everybody else underneath them. And I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing either shorter women's matches, less women's matches, or some women changing their moveset so that it's not so quote unquote gritty. It listen, I can definitely see that happen. Let me ask you a question though. Who got more political power? Nia Jax or Charlotte? Ooh, good question, Wilkes. And why? Who got more political power? Naya. I'm going to tell you why. Why? Mm-hmm. Naya was able to go to NXT for like what? Two months maybe? Two, three months? She only wrestled one year professionally. In NXT for like a couple weeks. Ended up on the main roster. Even after being such a sloppy, basic ass wrestler. She came back from tearing both ACLs, and that bitch has been in the title picture, whether it's tag team or otherwise. Also, need I forget, anytime WWE highlights Nia, we are always talking about her auntie. Who is her auntie? None other than Dwayne The Rock Johnson's mother. I bet you right fucking now, if Nia Jax said, Hey, I don't like Charlotte. You're gonna have to do something about it. They're gonna be like, oh, but it's Charlotte Flair, blah blah blah. Listen, all she gotta do is complain to her mom. Her mom is gonna complain to her, you know, to her homegirl, her auntie. Auntie's gonna whisper a little sun sign to Dwayne. Don't be surprised if all of a sudden we got Dwayne the Rock Johnson doing some political some fucking online tweet like wow love seeing naya doing xyz and then wwe sucking the shit out of that and then yeah 
Oh, I already yeah, know. I, think, I already I think, fucking know. I think I think you're right, and I also think it's because the Samoan family mm-hmm. low key runs WWE, and they've been doing it for years. Um, speaking of Samoans, Roman Reigns has officially passed one year as champion. Let's talk about it. What are your thoughts of Roman Reigns? What are your thoughts of him, him currently as a, as a top heel and face of the company? Claps all around. Claps She's all a around. a huge Roman fan, by the way. So for people who don't know, she has always been a Roman fan before the heel turn. Speak on it. Speak on it, Sir Wilkins. I have been a fan since he was an NXT, okay? And... I used to clown him all the time, per usual, of course. But I always saw the potential in him. And actually, when we used to have the podcast, um, Dead Ass Girls Podcast, we used to always talk about how, yo, if you let him just talk, you let him be himself, he's going to shine. Guess what? Here we are. I think it's great um, that he finally has found his footing, that he's found his comfort, he's found his place. Um, and he's refined his moveset a bit. Uh, I think that he had a lot of self-doubt um, because of, you know, the fan response. And I think that he had a lot of self-doubt because he was still in the shadow of his famous relatives. Um, what I also think is that it took a major turn in his life. Um and unfortunately, it happened to be an illness, a major illness. I think that's what clicked in him. Like, hey, you know, I cannot live a life full of regrets because I only have one life and it might be taken away from me. And I think he realized that, you know, I have this one shot to do it how I want so that I don't become a 40, 50, 60 year old still trying to do it, still trying to get a kick up in it just because I didn't work at, at anything at all. Um, I think it's the right move. You know, he has the support, I'm sure, of the higher-ups. He has Paul Heyman in his corner. He has his, his cousins in his corner. And it's organic. You know, it's one thing if you have <clears throat> excuse me, if, it's one thing if you have a, a heel who you kind of know, like, oh, I know that when the camera's cut off, He's probably a big old softy. Roman's a fucking Gemini. That man means what he fucking says. Gemini men are fucking toxic. You think this is promos he's cutting? Nah, that's him. That's him on a regular Friday. He's really cutting everybody's ass. He actually hates all of us, and I'm here for it. I, th- I think I think he really does. <laughs> um, let's ra- let's get to the last segment of the show. Yes, sir. Um, the the coffee shots. So, first question is, what are you currently loving in professional wrestling? Uh, oh, okay, good question. What I'm currently loving, hmm. I think, um, damn, that's a hard question. What am I loving in wrestling? I'm gonna have to say just the, uh, the uncertainty of it. Like, you have WWE pulling switch of rules on us. Like, I remember I used to be able to watch Raw and SmackDown and predict what was going to happen. And then I've been pleasantly surprised. So, I think it's the uncertainty. And even mm-hmm. in NXT, 
Like, I truly was not expecting for them to have Karen Cross fucking lose and, you know, bring him up the way he did. Like, that was something I was not expecting at all. I mean, I mean, so before we go to the next question, when it comes to Karen, I think when, I, when he first came in, I thought he was perfect for WWE. I thought he had the look, he had this he had the size, he had solid mic skills, his in-ring ability was very polished, was very safe, but very aggressive type of WWE style. The one that, that's like it's not too over the top, not too much flippy shit. It's it gets it right to the point. But the more and more he was on NXT, the more and more he got exposed. Mm-hmm. Yep. You are and, fucking right about that. And it was, and then you start, you start wondering, what well, was he a big fish in a small pond when in the independent scene right. and flash impact? Because you know, with the way that he looks, of course he's going to be a star. Mm-hmm. But when you have twenty other carrying crosses on NXT, yeah, you yeah. kind of have to work twice as hard. And a couple of one of the biggest things when they exposed him when they took Scarlet away from him. Yeah, made him come out by himself, and it was like, "Oh shit, what is this?" Then also when Adam Cole ate him up on the mic, yeah, like so it's like I'm still the case is still out on Karrion for me. Mm-hmm. I think he he could potentially do something. I think they're trying to figure out what to do with him. They got rid of Scarlet because like Scarlet literally is um was his crutch. Somebody mentioned my homeboy Keith. Shout out to Keith Mack. He was just like. They're doing a Mark Merrill situation where they're gonna oh okay use him, but they they're really they're really trying to just get Scarlet right and, and blow her up. But you know, I, I still think he has potential to do something. I think he's the future of the business if done correctly. Like I'm, I love Keith Lee and I also hate Keith Lee. So I think he, that's another another example of that of being a big fish in the independent scene. And then you come to the, the big stage and you're kind of like, oh, shit. Right. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see more of that. But next question, next shot. What do you hate in professional wrestling right now? Um, Yeah. What do I hate about – what do I hate in professional wrestling? So I'm going to have to say it's the, the plain hot potato with titles. Um. I don't really like I'm not liking the short title reigns because it, to me it feels like people are just chasing a record and not actually putting meaning to the title reign. So mm-hmm. that's why with Roman it's like you know it's great to see him hold it for so long and and not only is he holding it for long but it has meaning like the the story of how he first came back and being you know tribal chief to now it's like mm-hmm. it makes sense it it makes fucking sense um versus like charlotte's title reigns it's like she's just trying to catch up to her dad's record and i'm like yo it's not really it's the math is not mathing <laughs> it's not nah, that's a it's a good point it's a good point there is a lot of hot potato and, and charlotte's the the queen of hot potato like i was surprised she still has the title i thought she was gonna lose her on raw Right. Honestly speaking. Right. But but she she lost some brain cells after getting punched in the head by um by <laughs> Nia. 
and she almost lost them implants too. I saw that fucking vein popping out of her left titty. Oof, oof. <laughs> I still think how weirdly she looks to everybody. Basically, she's a good looking woman. Um, she's an acquired taste for most. She's an acquired taste. But I think she's, she's a good looking yeah, woman. She's, a, she's beautiful. Um, whoever, uh, you know, this is off topic, but WWE Glam got to get their shit together. Because they don't know how to, nobody knows how to do stage makeup. And that's the issue, is that stage makeup, because of how hot and bright those lights are, you got to overdo it sometimes so it pops out. There be days where Charlotte looks immaculate in the face, and there be days where Charlotte looks like Rick in the face. Um, it also doesn't help that because she is such a rectangular-shaped woman, that she has that longboard back and front, the, the implants kind of actually enhance the longboard effect, if you, mm. if you get my drift. Yeah, I, I feel like if she hadn't gotten the implants, I think she would have just been fine, to be honest. Also, because she's doing such an impact sport, like, she's going to have to constantly get them redone because eventually, like, the elasticity, like, it loses. And if you go back to watching yesterday, like, you could see where there's, like, the natural fat of the boob. And then you see that that like circular ish shape of where yeah. the plan is sitting. Yeah. But she got money, she'll keep doing it. Yeah, she'd be all right. <laughs> um, so last thing on the list before we go is what is your hot coffee take of the day? Ooh, you mean I wait, you telling me as if I didn't already drop that CM Punk one earlier? <laughs> I mean, I would like another one. I like another one. Mm. Let me get a little bit of iced chai, okay? Hot take. Hot take. <clears throat> um, ladies and gentlemen of of coffee talk family, whoever y'all are, uh AEW is not good. Wow. <laughs> wow, that was rough. You said hot take. Yeah, AW is WCW, Oof. but worse because they have more money, and people who have too much money to spend and not do not know how to spend it tend to end in peril. Okay, AW is a circle jerk with Cody Rhodes. Kenny Omega and all his friends. There it is. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, wow, that was that was a dead is ass that girl. That's the hottest answer. coffee take you've had. That was a dead ass girl answer. That was a dead there ass girl. Yeah, yeah. That was a dead ass girl answer. <laughs> um Sugar Jerks is wild. Um I'll talk, I'll talk about some stuff off here. Um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this was another great episode. With the homie Jizzy, formerly of Dead Ass Girls Podcast. And I'm your boy, Sir Wilkins. Jizzy, let the people know where they can find you on social media. Um, if you want more hot takes from a former Dead Ass Girl, still a Dead Ass Girl at heart, you can follow me on Twitter, which is at Dead Ass Jizzy, G I Z Z Y. Yeah.
So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this was another episode of Coffee Talk with Friends. Peace.